0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Now, I already told you I was going to be talking about being joyful. <laughs> let me tell you how a preacher's Sunday morning goes. When you want to preach a sermon on joyfulness, let me tell you how a sermon should go. Or, or how a Preacher's Morning goes. Preacher's Morning goes, he goes out there to hook up to the trailer and he's got a flat tire. So he goes over there and gets the air compressor and puts some air in the air compressor and wheels it over there and gets the tire and finds a hole and then he plugs a hole and he starts airing it up again just so he can get over to the big compressor that's plugged into the, into the power. And so you pull over there and you get hooked up to the, to the electricity and you look up and you watch all the church's cattle going down the highway. So I run over there, Fiona's in the pasture, okay. I've got about as much chance of catching her as I do running out there and catching those cows on foot. So I go and I jump in the gator and I run down there and I go and I get around them because they're not very far yet. And I get there and I was pretty ticked off because I was hoping that somebody had made a mistake and left the gate open because it wasn't down. It was pulled right back and laid over 90 degrees. So somebody opened that gate. It didn't fall down. It wasn't pushed down. And those cows go right. I mean, wouldn't have been easier if I was able just to pick them up like a bunch of bowling pins or something and throw them back in the pasture. And they get there and I I get them in and I get them shut and I no more get to the house. than here comes a calvary. Here comes... Gary and Meg and Nick and Brent and, or Brett and Karen and they're all coming down there to help. And I thought, well, my wife, she had left early to go back, you know, to come up here to teach her class. So she had seen the cows out and she sent the reinforcements. Well, I screwed up and I went in there and I interrupted their little church service and it was my fault and just barged right in and I got told to leave. <laughs> And then somebody comes up, my tire's flat again. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord, for he is good, right? <laughs> you get to say, and my point is, you get to practice this. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? You get to practice, and that's not what I'm, that was just a, a side. See, this past couple of weeks, I kind of got a little bit stressed out. Now, I know probably none of you know what I'm talking about when I say, you know, you, you kind of catch yourself getting on edge, and you really don't know why. Because, see... I was sitting there and I told my wife the other day, she goes, there kind of seems to be something a little bit wrong with you. And I said, well, I think I know know what it is. And she said, what what are y'all laughing about? That's not even the funny part. (laughs) Y'all are like, we know what's the matter with you. (laughs) So I'm sitting there with her and I said, well, you know, here's the deal. It's all about perspective. And it's about being thankful and it's about being joyful, okay? Because I had been stressed out because the last three weeks I've been helping dozens of ranchers. I think there's only been two or three days in the past three weeks besides a Sunday that I was not horseback. And so I had just the most generous, one of the most generous things, it's not to take away from any of the other generous things, but a family donated new siding and new doors and new windows for our house. And another family donated the last three weeks Every single day except Sunday to come over and put this new siding and these new windows and these new doors in And when I say put in new doors, I'm talking about brand new doors and even one door That men you are not going to understand this at all women You are not going to understand why a man doesn't understand this at all Because we had a door that was right here and my wife didn't like it right there. She wanted it right here (laughs) So we moved the back door from right here to right here. Like I said, guys, y'all ain't going to understand that whatsoever. And women, y'all are laughing because you don't understand why we don't understand that. But what I do understand is that when the door was right here, there was a nice concrete porch right there. (laughs) but when you move the door right here the concrete porch stays there <laughs> now when you get in a hurry like i have been i mean i've been working cows and trying to get done and run home so i can help john put everything up and you know, griffin's been helping and nate klein's been over to help and some other people have come over to help and so i'm just i'm getting real stressed out because <laughs> You know, things are just going haywire. Well, we broke the back porch light that used to be right here. But it's not right here because now the door's right here. And so my wife needs me. I try to be a good husband. I'm going to go out and help my wife. It is pitch dark. There is no light because we broke it because the door used to be right here. But the door is now right here. The great thing about this is I threw the door open and I waltzed out. (laughs) On the back porch. Now see, the thing is, is it was moved over just enough that it was still under my right foot. It was no longer under my left foot. And so while my wife is needing me, I have a pan so that we can milk the goat with a little little deal so you can wipe it off. And I've got the pan. And I step out right onto the porch with my right foot. My left foot does not hit the porch. And I go crashing down And my wife goes, "Ah, are you okay? And I don't know if I'm okay or not. Somebody move the porch. It's not there anymore. I found myself being stressed out because the porch didn't move. Well, now we've got a porch. Thank you, John. And um, when that doesn't happen near as easily, you notice I said near as easily. But I found myself getting stressed out that I forgot to be joyful because you know what? Instead of getting stressed out, let me put all of that in a different perspective. In my life, I have people that love us, that have given, passed along what God has gave to them and, and they blessed our house where it doesn't snow inside anymore. Because that really happened. The windows were so bad, it snowed inside. We put the plastic up to keep it from snowing inside, but then we couldn't sleep because the plastic was rattling so much. So it's not going to snow inside anymore. And I get the opportunity to live the life of a cowboy. I get to go I get to go help out all these ranchers and, and be horseback. And I've got the greatest life in the world. What do I have to be stressed out about? What do you have to be stressed out about? Are we joyful? Because in Philippians chapter 4... Verse 1, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I mean, that's what Paul says. Your job is to stay true to the Lord. And one of the things, the most, the the two most often repeated commands, the first most often repeated command that Jesus had was do not be afraid. In some, some form or fashion, do not be afraid. And the second most often repeated command that Jesus used in some form or fashion, was to be joyful, to be thankful, to you know, fill in the blanks of all these uh, synonyms. That's, a, that's my $2 word for the day. Therefore my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. And he goes on, and we, we talked about how to be a true cowboy, staying true to the Lord, to do what I talked about, to get right up next to God and ride with Him where we can conversate with Him when, when He talks in that still, small voice like he did Elijah. When he talks in that little small voice, we can hear him. When when he makes a turn, it says follow him, that we see him make that turn. That is our job as Christians is to get right up next to God and follow him. It's not one of these things like follow the leader to see if he can lose you or not. That's not it. And, and, And he's not in the business of saying, you just go wherever you want and I'll follow you. That's not it. He wants us to have a relationship with him, just like me and Dennis and Ty and Bobby whenever we were working that Day. You know, th- there was times that we were right behind each other going through a gate or something, but we rode together. We didn't get in front of the boss. We didn't get behind him. We listened to him when he gave his instructions and that, that's what we're supposed to do. And in verse 4, he says, "Always." Paul's telling us again, how to be true to the Lord. How do we be a true cowboy? I'm not talking about one that can rope or you got to have a horse or you got to be able to do this or do that. I, I, I'm talking about riding right next to God, being a true cowboy. That's what it's about. He says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. And then this is what he says. I, I want you to you you have to picture these two things together always be full of joy in the lord i say again that's not kevin talking that's what it says be always be full of joy in the lord i say again rejoice let anyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Paul is telling us to be happy because we will get to meet the Lord soon. But let's be honest. Let's just, let, let's just you know, we, we had our laughing time about the preacher falling off the porch. I didn't know whether to laugh, cry, or be mad, so I just kind of sat there and just wallowed in my own idiocy. Is that a word, Idiocy. But let's be honest, are we really looking forward to what comes after this life? I mean, you know, the the standard answer is that Christians say, oh, I can't wait for heaven. Really? I mean, come on, let's be honest. Are we all looking forward to the Lord's return? Are we looking forward to standing in front of Him? Or are we a little bit nervous about that? How, if we can't, if we cannot be excited about what is to come, how can we be joyful in this life? You know, it's kind of like whenever your mama said, "Uh, you wait till your dad gets home. Well, could you just wait for that man to get home that day? No, you're like, oh, crap, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, bust my butt, you know, and uh, I didn't get grounded, unless you talked about picking me up off the ground. That was me getting grounded, you know, but the thing is, if we can't look forward, because Paul says that we're supposed to be joyful, because remember, the Lord is coming soon. How many of us are joyful today because we know what's to come, or are we a little bit afraid of what that's going to look like? Because, see, you're going to get to meet Jesus, I don't care if you believe in him or not. You get to meet him. You get to stand before God. And your beliefs don't change that. You'll get to meet him in your lifetime because one of two things is going to happen. The second you take your last breath, you will be there for that last breath. And then you get to meet him. Many of us, we may have decades left. Many of us might have a few years left. Many of us, although I hope this not to be true, there may be some of us that are here today that have a few days left. We don't know. But you are going to get to meet the Lord. Are you looking forward to that time, or are you dreading that time. Let's look at a couple of things that most people don't understand. And I think that these are the things that that although as Christians we know we're supposed to say, oh, I look forward to heaven and heaven's going to be perfect. There will be no more tears, no more crying. Are you ready to get there? No, 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 no. You know, we want to skip that middle part. A couple of things that most people don't understand. Did you know that if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, and the God who sent him, that the Bible tells us explicitly, and and you'll hear you'll hear people try to say this about it and this about it, and yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but this. But did you know that when you accept Jesus Christ, when you ask Him, not like He's begging you, please accept me, please accept me. No, whenever you truly understand what God did for you by sending His Son and what His Son went through, did you know that God will not remember a single thing that you ever did wrong? And see, it takes a God, a loving God, to do that, to not remember anything. Because in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17 through 19, it says this, then he says this is god the holy spirit i will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds he's not going to remember all those times you screwed up he's not going to it says then he says i will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds and when sins have been forgiven when sins have been forgiven there is no need to offer any more sacrifices so we don't have to kill the goats anymore we don't have although i was going to kill one goat one day but we don't have to we don't have to make sacrifices anymore and you know what that includes quit beating yourself up quit beating yourself up for something that god isn't even going to remember you can't be joyful if you're always beating yourself up it says right there i will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds and when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Now, let me, let me, let me explain something to you. We are all going to stand before God, and there's going to be one requirement, and, and I have received hate mail over what I'm fixing to say, and I don't care because let me say this. Many of you that's been here a while, you've heard it. If this is your first time, let this sink in. There's only one way to heaven. When you get to heaven and you stand there, if you have the blood of Jesus Christ in your heart that is covering you, God is going to look and say, come on in, son, because he doesn't see you. He sees his son in your life. That is the only way you're going to get to heaven is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not going to have anything to do with all these nice things you do or the good things. Well, I'm a good person, so good things don't get you into heaven. Only God's grace and mercy through his son, Jesus Christ, will get you into heaven. That's it. There's only one way to heaven, faith in Jesus Christ. How many ways is there to get to hell? One, only one. If you do not have jesus christ is your lord and savior you'll go to hell none see if you can't get in by doing good things you can't be kicked out by doing bad things okay now a lot of you're like whoa 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 wait a minute wait a minute that's not what i was taught i don't care what you were taught listen to god speaking today because jesus said i have come to proclaim the good news Is it not good news to say that if you have faith in Jesus Christ that you're going to heaven? And if you don't, you you don't get in. Now, the good things don't get us to heaven. The bad things don't keep us out of heaven. All right? Here's what happens, though. The bad things, we call the Bible calls it sin. The things that we do that we know we shouldn't do, the things that don't shine God's light through us, the thing that is not loving other people or loving ourselves. See, those things, what it does is it sin splits that trail where, where God keeps going and we start going off this way. Sin separates us from God. It doesn't separate God from us. It separates us from God where it makes us hard to hear Him. It makes us hard to talk to Him. We, we find ourselves not praying anymore. We, we find ourselves uh, doing things that we used to do, things that we wouldn't do riding right beside God. So there, there is a, a basis for that. Sin doesn't send us to hell, but it does make it hard for us to know God. And, and the Bible calls this, this reaction to sin inside our lives. It makes our hearts hard. That's what it does. It makes our hearts hard. When we continue to do the things that we know we shouldn't do, and, and I'm not talking about just those those little petty pet sins. I'm talking about the sins that we've been doing for so long that we've started making excuses for him. And now we think that, oh, I can continue to live in sin and God's going to continue to love me. Well, that is true. He is going to continue to love him, but it's just the longer you do it, you know, it's like you're riding along beside somebody and there's a little yucca plant and you go to the right of it. That's sin. Well, you keep riding and there's another yucca plant and you go to the right of it. That's sin. And you keep riding and you go to the right of that yucca plant. And I got to be careful because this is about the same height as a porch. That's what sin does, but say God doesn't remember any of that stuff. He remembers no records of wrong whenever you have Jesus in your heart. None of us are ever gonna be perfect. But that doesn't give us an excuse to sin. Writing for God, here's, here's here's what I'm talking about. We cannot be true cowboys if we cannot let go of our mistakes. See, there's no need for more sacrifices. Quit beating yourself up. God wants you right beside him and what he'll do is he'll say, you know what, I'll forgive those sins just so you'll come back to me. I'm gonna make a way for you to come back. And see, writing for God means to be Jesus focused. We gotta always keep our minds and our hearts and everything that we do focused on what Jesus did for us. And He did it because His dad sent Him to do it for us, and He loved us enough to go through it because He had a choice. He, lit, he willingly went to that cross. He went and He, they, they didn't have to drag Him kicking and screaming and Him yelling no and kicking at Him and everything when they laid Him down on that cross. He stuck his hand out for them so that they could nail that nail because he knew that it would bring you. It'd make a way for you to come back to him. Writing for God means to be Jesus focused. We must always keep our minds on what Jesus has done for us. That will bring you right in beside God and right in beside Jesus. Where when He speaks to you, you will be able to hear. Where when He makes a turn and He says, "Hey, man, come this way. I know a shortcut." You know, whenever uh, I, I was working for for Robert over here uh friday <clears throat> and it's about 5 30 in the afternoon we're taking all these pairs uh back over to a pasture and I, i'm on the left wing over here so it's my job to keep them from going right and to push them as far left as we need to go but i'm really not sure where we're going because i've just been i just been in that pasture like 12 hours earlier, so, you know, that's that's my excuse. And so we're going along, and I, I let them drift too far left, and Robert rides up to me, and he says, head them right towards that old fence over there, because there's a cliff over here. See, that's what God does for you. When you're riding next to him, God's going to come over, and he's going to say, hey, man, I need you to head over towards this old fence, because there's a cliff over here. You can ride up to it. Shoot, you can ride off of it. but That's going to be bad news for you. I'm going to show you how to navigate this pasture and get you through where you need to go. God has no record of wrongs. Writing for God means to be Jesus-focused, riding right next to Him, focusing on Jesus and what He's done, not relying on what we've done. You know, religious writing is sin-focused. And, I, and, and I'm sorry to say, a lot of you might have been raised in an organization where religion was taught, where where your relationship with Christ was based upon either how much sin you did or did not have in your life. Your, your relationship with God was not Jesus-focused, it was sin-focused. That's religion. Religion is sin-focused. Being a true cowboy is Christ-focused. Being Christ-focused will, will lead you right up next to Him where you can hear Him, where you can see Him, where you can follow Him, where when He stops, you can stop. When He goes, you go. God keeps no record of wrongs. And to be happy, Paul is telling us, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. And in verse four, he says, always be full of joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. You cannot be happy beating yourself up for the mistakes you've made. You you can't do it. Let it go. I know you just started singing, let it go, let it go. John will be singing that the rest of the day because my son likes to get songs stuck in his head. True cowboys will not be afraid of death or Jesus' return, but will walk boldly into the most holy place, not because of what they've done, but because of what Jesus did. You don't have to fear death or Jesus' return when God's going to, you don't have to worry about all those things you did because God's going to go, what things? I've got my tally sheet here and it's blank because Jesus' blood covered up all of our mistakes. That's why we should be joyful. That's why we shouldn't let flat tires or cows out or, or anything else get in the way of us being joyful because what happens is we start looking at all these negative things and that gets us stressed out. Instead of looking at those same things, I have a truck to drive. I get to take care of God's cattle every day and they're going to get out. Who cares? We got them right back in. No harm, no foul. doesn't matter who threw open that gate. I've got a pretty good idea. It was once the light of heaven and it was Lucifer and now he's cast down. So whether it was him or him using somebody, I I don't care. I'm not going to worry about it. It. But he says that we can enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. We can boldly enter. How do we be bold in Christ? You can't be happy by being, un- what is unbold? I don't even know, like scared, timid. You know, I love in Timothy when it says God did not give us a spirit of weakness, but a, but a spirit of boldness and strength and power. That's who God wants you to be. You can't be happy walking around jumping at everything or walking around on eggshells with everybody. Man, be bold in Christ. Jesus died for you. Stand up straight, lift that chin up a little high, not in arrogance, but in confidence. We talked about that last week also. How do we be bold in Christ? How about this right here? No matter what happens to you in this life, guess what? If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you win. You cannot lose. There is nothing that can happen to you on this earth that will affect your heavenly place. You have already won. Jesus has already defeated death. You will win. And if you want to be bold in Christ, you got to understand, it don't matter how many loops I miss, it don't matter how many cuts I miss in the sorting alley or out in the pasture, I've won. I'm a winner. <laughs> Hold your head up high because you're riding for someone who will never give up on you, never stop loving you, caring for you, and ain't never going to leave your side. He'll never leave you. Now, a lot of us will run off from him from time to time. And unfortunately, it takes us getting yard darted or planted on our head to say, Oh, wait, wait a minute. We kind of got off track here. I need to get back over here to God. You know, and the other thing that Paul said in Philippians 4 verses 4 and 5, is he said to be considerate to others you know what the most of the times when we're not considerate to others is when we're stressed out when we're beating ourselves up for things that we've done or we're letting things like flat tires and falling off porches we're letting it steal our joy from us because that's what the devil wants to do he wants to take away the light that that shines through you he wants to make it dim where others can't see that it's easy to be considerate to others when you're a winner you know y'all that's been here a while You've heard me talk and talk time again, time again, about roping. I, I yeah, I was a bronc rider growing up. I wasn't a roper. Roper was like playing tennis. You know, it's what people that couldn't play football did. And I and I'm and that, that's just an illustration. You know, if you want to play tennis in little shorts, that's fine. I don't have no problem with that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I wish now that I'd learned to play tennis because I can't play football no more. But I got out there, and I've been practicing roping. I've been practicing roping. I've tried to forget all of my mistakes, and there were six cowboys the other day working for Ty, and all of them were top hands and, and really good ropers, and we had 12 heifers to dock. Doctor, I missed three times. That's it. And Ty come up to me afterwards. He goes, what in the world have you been doing? I said, why? He goes, did you even miss today? And I said, yeah, I I missed three loops. He said, you were in on half the, whether it was heading or healing. It was the best I've ever roped in my life. And I was on cloud nine walking around. Boy, I was considerate to other people. I was happy. I was joyful. And see, that's, that's, that's what happens when you have the joy of the Lord in your life. You quit being such a crabby person. You quit frowning so much and always looking at all the negative stuff. Man, be joyful because you're a winner. You've been practicing your Christianity. You've been practicing riding right up next to God. You can't lose. You're a winner. It don't matter what anybody else says, what anybody else does. You can be joyful. You can be bold in Christ. No longer do you have to walk around being scared that somebody's going to say something bad to you or you're going to get a flat tire or your cows are going to get out or whatever the case may be. You can be bold in Christ and be joyful in Christ and go out there and and when you are joyful, man, you start doing nice things for people. You start, hey man, let me help you out. It's just contagious. And that's what being a Christian is all about. We don't do those things. We're not considerate to people because we think that if we do this for them, then they're going to do this for us. No, it's just an overflowing of joy that just starts flowing out of us. And that's your job. That's your job as a cowboy riding for Jesus Christ on God's outfit. Your job is to know that God loves you that much and let that love fill you up so much that it just starts pouring out of you. And that's what we've talked about the past that we, in our whole series called Be Awesome, was about God's light shining through us so that others can experience the love of God like you've loved it. But you're not going to do that walking around mad and stressed out all the time. Look at your life. Most of your stress comes from perspective, not based on what's happening. Is the glass half full or is it half empty? Who cares? It can be filled back up, right? Fill it back up. Let it overflow. That's what the Bible says, that God's love for us will overflow and run out everywhere. And that's my prayer for you today, is that you will ride right up beside God, that you will quit taking things so personal in your life, even when it's your fault and you fall off the porch. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Lift yourself out of the mud, because that's what I landed in was mud, because that's the day it rained. There's always something to be thankful for. I'm thankful that there wasn't a table saw right there to fall on. I mean, seriously, that was my first thought. What am I going to land on? Because there's stuff everywhere. What are you going to land on? I want you to land on the Word of God where He says to be joyful. When you leave here today, there's going to be things that try to steal your joy each and every day. It may be going on right now. Man, let that go. There is no more need for sacrifice. Be joyful in God. Be considerate to others and get up there and ride for God. See, most people have one foot on the porch and one foot over the abyss. I don't want you to be that type of Christian anymore. I want you to know God and follow Him. I don't want you falling off the porch because you don't understand that God does not keep a record of your wrongdoings when you believe in Christ Jesus. And you can be bold. You're a winner instead of feeling like a weak like weakness and like a loser. Be bold and be joyful. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you for everything. You know, words are just not adequate for your love for us, and they sure don't portray how much we're thankful for your love. God, just lead us and guide us and let us go forth boldly as true cowboys riding right next to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.